On today's Restump Podcast, we'll take a look at the Doig results from the other night. Trade week started today, so we've got a bunch of stuff that's come out of that. Let's get the Chief on board right after we start wearing purple with Goggle Bordello. Start wearing purple, wearing purple. Start wearing purple for me now. All your sanity and wits, they will all vanish, I promise. It's just a matter of time. So, yeah. Welcome to the Restump Podcast. My name is Brett Jojo McDonald, and I'm joined by a man who I haven't heard have this amount of enthusiasm and excitement in his voice in a long, long time. That is Greg the Chief Dwyer. Yes. Hello, Jojo. That's absolutely correct. Hey, uh, up and about. Uh, ab- absolutely. It's uh, for the off season and, and and all that to be uh, to be as upbeat as what we are. It's. Uh, it tells you there's something going on, doesn't it? Well, it's not surprising. You, you've been banging on about this uh, Ryan Crowley campaign for quite some time, and through no work of your own, it seems like you might have made some progress. Through no work of my own, I had, I, I sowed the seeds, Jojo, <laughs> and the, uh, the the great the great listeners uh, went and got it done for us. I'm not sure sending twenty so, odd uh, DMs to Ryan Crowley and letting him go unanswered. And then leaving it to someone else to wait. Someone else left a letter in his letterbox because they lived in his apartment block. Block they did, didn't they? And then I think that was um, you got Meg on. Sharon. You got Meg on board now. She's just stalked him all the way out of the bathrooms, much like the good man himself, yeah. and tagged him and clipped him on the way out. Yeah, so he couldn't say no. <laughs> How good was that? How good was Meg's effort? I tell you what, Jodo, she's going to win a prize. Do we give away prizes on this show? We can. Well, why don't we send her a voucher? We'll send her a. We'll send her a food voucher. We will. We will do that. Meg, send in your your. Um... No, wait a minute. We're not sending if we don't get him on. We've got to <laughs> do get... some re- results no, based we'll reward. Send Meg a... No, I thought we'll that that was Meg pretty good work by Meg. Looked like everyone had a good time Thank at the um, Doig, didn't it? It's good how the supporters get around it and um, get in there. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And it, um, and I'm wrapped to see Crowley there because it shows you he holds no, he's got there's no bad blood there, you know, for him getting the, the boot. So he's, um, yeah. So it was, uh, it was great, and soon they're all having a good time, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sean Darcy picking up the win, um, got over the top of Dave Mundy. Pretty exciting for the yep. young man, wasn't it? Oh, I loved it. I loved it that he won that because, you know, you don't don't get me wrong, I. Happy to see Dave uh, Mundy win it, but um, just sort of caps off a great year for Sean Darcy and will only give him that extra confidence going forward. You know, he might walk, walk a little bit, even a little bit taller. He hasn't finished in the top 10 so far in his career and then he breaks into the top 10 by claiming the top spot. It goes to show, mm-hmm. you know, the hard work that he put in off the in the off-season, the, the work he's put in during the season, you know, to add bits and pieces to his game – Really, really paid off for him, and his improvement over the course of that you know that one year period it's been pretty amazing, really, when you look back on it. Oh, it's been staggering, and you know, just as you said, to, to not make the top ten and then just go bang and win it. Um, but it is it's it's all his efforts and all his attention to detail and through the off season, whatever else, it's all paying off for him now, isn't it? I think, do you reckon as well, like, it's more so him being able to get some continuity in games and being being able to stay in games longer? Because 
Yeah, definitely. I cop a lot of heat from my cousin. He's, you know, you always get, he's, uh, you always get stuck into Sean Darcy. You called him a log. You called him this. You called him that. But I mean, yeah, and and that that's fine. But I don't think anyone could argue that, that he <laughs> he's come back way fitter, like with an ability to play through play through a little bit of in, more injury than what he's been able to in the past. Um, play long yeah, longer stints up on the ball when required. And he's got his just just reward. I mean, it's quite incredible of a guy his age um, achieving a club champion award win at, at this point in his career. Yeah, definitely. And do you know what, Rod? I reckon, you know, we've spoken about this before, um, how we believe the – back in 2020, like the COVID situation uh, within regards to the hubs, it proved beneficial. Well, I, I tend to think this might be another example, uh, Jojo, because I think – Unintentionally, I think he's taken great benefit from, you know, having to stay here in the off season, and I think that sort of, you know, ushered him into that productive off season, you know, and maybe without the COVID, you know, situation, he goes home, you know, goes back to Melbourne, you know, catches up with his old mates, let's go a bit, you know. So here he's had he stayed here. He doesn't necessarily have that that sort of peer pressure or you know whatever you want to call it, and then. He gets into it, you know, in, in that off-season down at Magic Mike's or wherever it was, and now he can sit now, he, he, you know, what unfolded. He, he's won the, the door. He's had a great year. He can look back and see what that's done for him. You know, so I think it's through opportunity, opportunity that wasn't really planned. I reckon this has had a massive benefit on him. Strengthen his, I reckon it's strengthened his mental game as well, his mental attitude. and. I just reckon it's helped him somewhat, you know, um, progress, you know, mature more professionally and more rapidly. You know, just through, again, like you said, maybe with the uh, Crowley campaign, through no fault of his own, really. I just think the opportunity was there and he took it and look what's happened. I think I think it's all, I think some people have benefited from COVID, Joe, and I reckon the Freo Dockers and... Sean Darcy uh, are in that category. Um, when it came to Brownlow voting, he came third amongst all Dockers with seven votes. Brayshaw had 10, obviously, and Mundy, the top vote getter with 20. Hmm. I think we mentioned in the, the podcast post-Brownlow, you know, he picked up two threes, I think, in the in the Brownlow. Yeah. So, obviously, when he played those games where he just had a marked impact and really turned, turned the fortunes for Frio, it was recognised. Hmm. But he's been recognised by Freo fans and Freo coaching staff, obviously, throughout the whole season for his work. I reckon he could have got a few more votes in the Brownlow, given given the way the coaches seem. He's probably a little bit under the, under underdone there in the um, Brownlow with seven votes. Do you reckon? Oh, definitely. But you know, if we want to go the uh, the early lineism, uh, Jojo, it's a moot point. It's a midfielders award. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much that answers every question why. Anyone but a midfielder didn't get the votes he deserved. That's just roll. You can roll that out. But you, you, you're right. He's. I just don't understand how you can be. I mean, I do understand it, as I just said, but he's so underappreciated, underappreciated by um, the umpires who are saying, oh, right there. He's right in their face. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, so, well done to Sean Darcy, obviously, um, winning David Mundy. Coming second, not too far behind, Brayshaw, Sarong, Chera, Ryan, Fife, Schultz, Collier, and Switkowski rounding out the top 10. Um, I mean, it felt like a night where 
everyone obviously was happy to be there. It felt very good vibes and something that really kind of shone through, um, well, a lot of the time because everyone was talking about it, but just um, through seeing the camaraderie amongst everyone was the culture that's starting to build under jail. Did, and what do you make of that speech and the way, you know, the guys were kind of talking about the environment that's being created down at Freo now? Yeah. yeah. A lot was made of it on the on the night. It was. Nearly every player who got up and grabbed an award or one of the eight million awards for turning up um, <laughs> but, Said said along those lines, the good characters and personally though I think we've overcorrected Jojo. I think we've overcorrected and warning signs are going off for me because if you exclusively, you know, select, you know, um, impeccable characters, you know, and that's the policy we're running with, it'll end up looking like your your polo club, <laughs> you know, suits and ties become everyday attire and you know they'll be at functions eating hors d'oeuvres and saying good lord a lot. You know, we don't want that, you know. And I tell you, when the, when that guy, I don't know who it was around the room, um, he was doing the roving, I'm not sure who the guy was, but he was talking to a lot of the players and that before the count. And in the background, I swear to you, I kid you not, if you go and watch it, you can see Josh Carr on his own in the background and, he's, and you can see the look on his face. He's looking around going, what has happened to this club? It's just all good characters now. That is what he was saying, Jodo. Are you sure he just wasn't and in think, quarantine after his COVID breaches? Yes, he, yeah, he might have been. He might have been, but the look on his face is like, "I don't fit into this uh, into this category." So, um, no, I know what they're trying to do, and it's obviously having good good effect. But I miss me lovable rogues, Jojo. Well, I really do. I, I know you do, and that's kind of brings me to my next point. Do you reckon this good character business? This, um, you know. Recruiting almost to the exclusion of um, kids that you'd question their, you know, some of their character or some yep. of their behaviour in the past. Hmm. Does that co- contribute, do you think, in a meaningful way to having a winning organisation? Um, like, can you afford, do you, does everyone have to be of of impeccable character? And No, to, this to be, is my point. And do, no, do you end up missing that- something? Do, do you need a... To have a, a winning team and to have a, an organisation, you need a bit of diversity. You need a bit of pushback from some guys, don't you? Of course you do. What happened to inclusivity? It's gone out the window, hasn't it? Um, but you're right because you need those guys that are prepared to push the envelope. You know, you need – and, I mean, if you want to go purely on character, right, Richmond would never have ended up with Dusty Martin. You know what I mean? And – you know, West Coast has got um, the guy in the back line, McGovern, Jeremy McGovern. Well, what did he do? He hasn't done anything wrong. He's just a bit overweight. No, before he, there was question marks over his uh, behaviour uh, before before he got picked up. So you can't, you just can't shut him off. And, yeah, I just, uh, it, it robs your, ironically, robs your club, your club of character as well in a certain way. But, but I'm with you. So some of these, you know, when we, we've said it before, Joe, when we're involved in the Greyhound game, very fine line between a champion and a fighter. <laughs> Isn't it? So, oh, so, yes, I'm with you. I think it's not, I think you've got to, you know, do your research, but uh, not just a blanket, you know, somebody took his library, his uh, library back, book back late. 
Not bad character, you're out. Um, on the yeah. on the flip side of the coin, though, you know, you start building these cultures, and we've seen it with Richmond over the last what four or five years, where mm. you know we've got this culture, the players are bought into it, everyone's getting all around it, and then you start drafting, you start bringing in guys, and you say like, no, you know what, they're going to have to fit in because our culture's strong enough, we'll turn them around. But you can see yep. that that has a tipping point as well. Yes. You know, it doesn't Absolutely. it doesn't work in every way and for every person. So No. I think I reckon it is no, a balancing. A you don't want to go too far one way or the other. But you do need it. I still think you do need a mix of people in your club and do, yeah. like a diverse mix of personalities. Absolutely. Um, As I just mentioned, you don't want to end up like your polo club colleagues. You don't want to do that. They'll come for you. They'll come for you. <laughs> they got powerful friends at the tax office. Um, yeah, totally. Other notable finishes uh, in the in the dog. I thought Swidder was worth a mention. He didn't get to play a heap of footy this year, but was still finished in the top ten. Probably, you know, goes to show how he's thought of within the coaching setup and the impact he makes when he does actually step on the field is quite remarkable for us, at least. Yeah, yeah, I. Top ten. Like Wait, how many plays he, did you? How many games did he play? He didn't play what he would have played like what, ten, twelve games, maybe? If that? No, he played yeah, I think I said what was it before? He played twelve games. Never strung more than four together, I think it was. Well, I reckon to be in the um, top ten in the club, I mean, that's pretty decent effort given given that amount of gameplay and that sporadic kind of playing, you know, he did, what he probably would have played three or four games at most in a row. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah, four was the most. Okay, he's sorry. Yeah. Together. yeah, but the point, my point is, top 10, if you come in at 10, you get to a point where if you stepped onto the field, you're half a chance. <laughs> it's you true. Know what? No, I just mean like for not actually being a guy that put together 18, 19 games in the season. Yeah. Uh, it's good to see his name up yeah. there. Anyway, you can be negative if you want. The other guy I thought no, um, we did well to be up. What do we use? Yeah. 30 players? You're one in three chance of... Getting in 38, 38 players. <laughs> 38. So we're nearly just under one in four. <laughs> Not bad odds. Hey, you know on those on those finishes, right? Um, Andy Brachel finished third. Okay. He finished third last year. Is his career stalling? <laughs> Are you looking at a career writing headlines for the West? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good one. Um, there was a good one. Uh, on, oh, I forget what it was. There was a good one on ABC Sport today. It was something about um, was it something about the Dockers rebuild going amiss or the Dockers going amiss? They were going amiss. Yeah, but I think it was referring. I didn't bother reading the article. I just assumed that they were referring to their goal king because <laughs> what is that as a headline? <laughs> you couldn't. You couldn't. Um, yeah, there's some strange yeah. headlines around, and then you click on it, or you um, you know start reading the article. He's like, "Okay, yep. you got me. You got you got me." Yeah, I know. Isn't that yeah? It's journalism today. It's all clickbait, Jojo. Um, the Beacon Award uh, for best first second year player. I think you had to have played less than ten games to start the year. Uh, probably not too many candidates for this one. Who would it be? Liam Henry probably would have been um, up there, but Hayden mm. Young, pretty clear cut. Um, Winner of that one, so nice for him to get a trophy to put in the cabinet. Very classy player. That- he's going to win plenty more awards in his career. He doesn't need to worry about this one, does he? Yeah, he is, isn't he? But is that is it the Beacon Award? Is it is that like an award we hand out to guys that are you know 
probably come here from the east to try and embrace them and make them feel important and make them want to, you know, stay when contract time comes around. Maybe. Would you have a problem with that? Well, I've got a problem with awards. You know that. Um, well, I think I think something we do need to start to- thinking about, though. I mean, I know Chera always – he was kind of always seen as a bit of a flight risk even going back to the draft. But yep. I think it's something we've got to be very conscious of, especially when these kids put together campaigns where you can see their talent shining through. They're not on big contracts yet. You know, you can – you can kind of tell already that, yep. you know, that there's, the calls are going to come through the agent, whatever. There's going to be money thrown at them. We have to make sure we keep players like Hayden Young. Oh, we got to. And I was listening to his um, award speech, and I got a little nervous. It did sound like there for a while he was in two minds about, um, you know, enjoying being here. But it probably, you know, it had a lot to do with his – Injury riddled first uh, couple of years, um, but I just I think that last ten or eight ten games, whatever he played, I think it sort of more solidified his um, belief in the club and and uh, where we are and where he's going. Don't I don't have the nervousness that I had at the same stage with Chera. No, with Adam Chera. Yeah, um, the players' trademark award, whatever that is, went to Lockie Schultz. So good on Schultz for getting award an award. Um, he also finished in the, the <laughs> also finished in the top what ten the in the dog. But I, I just more wanted to focus on him um, and the kind of respect he has of his uh, teammates and coaches. I yeah. especially gave him a bit of a hard time this year on you know on occasions, but um, maybe we're missing something there. Maybe he is a little bit more consistent. Maybe he does perform a little bit better on more occasions than what we give him credit for. So credit for. Um, Do you know what? Do you know what? I reckon. Being handed that award, and I reckon, you know, um, because it's a player's award, as you said, I think you can see why he knocked back the Hawthorne deal, you know. Um, I think in context, he's he's obviously getting well paid, you know, in terms of the whole world, you know, being out there. But it's a breath of fresh air, Jodo, to see a guy knock back possibly more money or, you know, and, and well, definitely a, lo- a longer contract term, so... Better job security. Yeah. Security, yeah. Because, and he's knocked that back, obviously, because of how he's how, the regard he's held in here, how he's treated, and um, you know how he's thought of with his teammates. So to some extent, it tells us where his values lie. And because of that very reasoning, I'm, not, I'm now back on the shootership, Jojo. I'm, I'm now a big fan of um, Lockie, uh, Lockie Schultz. I think it was great. I, I love seeing that. When a guy knocks, an Eastern Stater knocks back further job security to stay, oh, that's a that's a really good sign. Yep, uh, best clubman. It's always a good award, isn't it? Best clubman. It's like nicest guy, nicest bloke on the team. Uh, kind of award. Uh, Mundy and Sarong split it. Um, good to see Sarong <laughs> up there. I know these awards mean nothing, but you know, like yeah. you just you want to see. I want to see the guys, our young guys who we've drafted in the top ten. You want to see them at the forefront on these nights. And and to see yep. Caleb Sarong up there, I think, um, really good. Emerging leader for us, him and Brayshaw now, that Chair have gone vitally important um, that yep. they continue their growth and progression, both on the field and with their yep. leadership. Because, you know, you see um, – and I'm not the biggest fan of Trent Cotchen and uh, his football, but he definitely brings something more than just kicks and handballs to the, to the game each weekend. And that's what we need our guys to start doing as well. Yeah, definitely. Did you did you see his speech? 
I actually did not see his speech. Didn't see his speech. Um, what we've been talking about, Jojo, like um, about him in the last 18 months, that he's always shown that sort of um, nature that he wants to be here and, and he confirmed it in his speech. And to be honest, it nearly brought a tear to me eye when he said he and his partner definitely call WA home now. How good's that? that? From a young kid like that, he said he loves it here, loves the boys, loves the club, where they're going, all that. And he, you know what? And his um, partner's name's Chloe, Jojo. Oh, that's nice. Partner's name's Chloe. Your beautiful partner's name's uh, Chloe. That's right. She? She's, oh, um, hopefully she's staying here in... too. She's from Newcastle. Hopefully <laughs> she's happy staying here as well. Is that right? Have you, um, just throwing it out there, have you and Chloe been seen in the same room as Caleb and his partner, Jojo? <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't, just throwing it out there. Just I don't know where it's going. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Never mind. We'll move on. Um, but no, great to great to have a young boy like Caleb. Like he's few, wholly and solely bought in. He's here for the long term. And even what it represents with Mundy being up there as well. You know, like he kind of sets the tone for everyone. And yep. you know, he had a killer season this year. Obviously, with his um his on field performance, but. Just the way he led the team. And it goes to show, you yep. know, you don't need to be, have the captain's armband or the title um, every mm. week to be able to, to lead and set the example. But he just managed to do it through his actions every single every single week. And the other guys really grew from it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's true. Do you reckon they day through when Monday, they knew Monday was going to miss out on the doy? We go, well, we better throw him into the clubman. <laughs> we can best clubman because <laughs> he took it well. He took the second place finish we- well. Yeah, um, I reckon they uh, they might have done that. Um, yeah, but no, he's obviously um, and Caleb gave him a big rap. Said about how much he's learnt from him in all aspects of the game. So um, couldn't be uh, couldn't be uh, two better men standing up there, Jojo. Um, Stephen O'Reilly got made a life member, so well done to him. Still remember when we got him back from Geelong uh, back in back in the day? <laughs> Who did we get? We got Ben Allen and. Stephen O'Reilly yep. and Todd Ridley and all those boys. Stephen O'Reilly was a pretty big signature and a low-key big signature to have a key back yeah. come home, you know, right when he did, probably in the close, if not in the prime of his career, very close to it. Um, yeah. Yep. Big moment for the inaugural Dockers to to have him back. He's gone a bit, um, he's gone a bit willsy, Judge. Uh, he's gone a bit the aeroplane, lost a, lost, lost a bit of the rug well, I think um, up top. As you get older, everyone finds it a little bit tough. Really? How, how many games is um? This is what I'm like. He's become he got life membership, didn't he? He's a life member. Well, I think it was for player and administrator because he's done administrative work for Rio as well. So I don't think it was exclusively oh, okay, for his playing career. Right. Okay. Because he played ninety eight games for us. Yeah. Um, do you know he went back to Carlton like in um, the end of nineteen ninety nine? We traded him back to Carlton. He wanted to go back east. We got pick 16 and 46 off him for, for him. So that seems like and pretty played, good business. Went, yeah, and he went and played 12 games for Carlton. <laughs> However, while that seems good, you have to take into account what we did with pick 16 and pick 46. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Fuster, Jojo. We gave up pick 16 for Brendan Fuster to the Eagles. And we used pick 46 on someone called Adam Butler. I didn't even know he was ever on our list. Some, someone listening will know that Adam Butler was on the list and be like a bit of an Adam Butler stand, I'm sure. Yeah, they will too. Probably got his number, whatever number, on his jacket jumper. Um, so if we're paying pick, if we were paying, if we gave pick 16 to Steve O'Reilly, is it any wonder 
Chill on one pick eight for Clark. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll get on to that. So trade week started today and the stories start to emerge of who wants what and what they're not going to take and which person can go to the preseason draft if you're going to be like that. Um, yeah. So we'll kick it off with Jordan Clark. So apparently Freo have offered pick 27 and Geelong have counted and said, no, that's not good enough. We want pick eight. Um, hmm. You feel like that deal's going to get done though. I, Clark wants to come. Some. Freo want him. It's just finding yeah. a pick then somewhere in between eight and 27. I can't see Freo, if it gets to the point where they've got to find a pick inside the top 20, I think they just don't worry about it. No, they walk away. I mean, Definitely. if you can do something um, with the Chera trade where you can move 27 lower and pick up a future second or something like that and that gets it done, who knows? But if you're Geelong, why, why bother haggling? I don't get it. Like, you're not going to get – you're not getting a top 20 pick. And it, no. What a waste of time. No. I reckon 27 will get it done. It probably will. I reckon that – yeah. Um, do you know what I would do, though? Straight swap. Darcy Tucker for Jordan Clark. Yeah. Would you do that? Yeah, you never – yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Because that way you keep the draft pick, you know. But would Geelong do that? I don't I, I think Geelong actually would like, wouldn't would mind a second-round draft pick the way they're going. They um, – Yeah. But that's going to be a dumpster fire in 12 months. That, that's got nightmare written all over it. You look at the demographic of their list and how many 30-year-olds they've got on it. Like how many guys – They've just gone gone in over and over and over. And, it, you know, it looks like they're the ones that are probably going to end up signing Daniel Talia now that Lockie Henderson's retired. They just keep on oh, topping up and topping up, you know, much like our friends down the road. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. you get the feeling like you, if they're going to lose Jordan Clark, they can't really bring in a Darcy Tucker. They've got to go the other way, don't they? You've got to get something through the draft. You've got to have something coming through. But, but Darcy Tucker's only, what, 20... Three? 24? I think if I was them, I'd still rather a pick in the 20s. Pick of the draw. Yeah. I mean, six years below their average age. Um, but um, but I, it, I think that's encouraging. I reckon we can be pretty confident that we're going to get Jordan Clark and that we're not going to have to sell the farm to get him, which yeah. wasn't yeah. always what we thought. And definitely last year. I mean, last year we, they probably would have got a boatload more stuff out of us if they had to just let him, let him go last year and rather than made him play VFL yeah. footy. Or yeah, yeah, that's right. So, you know, yeah. but what's the, it's on them. What's the, what's the point? Like, what's the rationale behind pick eight? Like, why would you even even think that, you know, let's throw that out there and see what happens? Well, I suppose you do I mean, it. It's all um, PR, isn't it? You do it for your supporters. Because I wouldn't have thought, if I was a Geelong fan right now, I wouldn't want to be losing guys like Clark. You know, you wouldn't have wanted to not re-sign guys like Narkel. Parfit, another guy you'd want to make sure you're keeping – you know, all your young guys now, because the fans aren't dumb, they can see that the current crop of, you know, veteran players that have got in there, they're not going to be around forever. So they're going to value the young guys and they want to see that the club does as well. No, I get that. But it, it, you're dead right. Fans aren't dumb. They're also not dumb enough to think they'd get pick eight for a Jordan yeah, Clark. Yeah, no, that's true. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I well, weird. I mean, it would be even dumber. It seems like he's got his heart set on coming home now. And, you know, you look at the players they've got, on their list now and where they've been playing this year. And you look at Tui and Isaac Smith, they're probably one of the two of their better players who play out on the wing. Yep. Um, you know, Scarlett, obviously, obviously, I think it's been pretty widely reported. He wasn't the biggest fan of Jordan Clark in the back line. He reckons he's too loose. So that's why he wasn't playing there, but Scarlett's gone. So I don't know. You think if they uh, let him go another 12 months, um, you know, he gets to us, 
whether it be through the preseason draft or like a fourth or fifth round pick because yeah. he'd be uncontracted. So, I'd, I'd, hopefully, yeah. I'd, I'd happily wait till next year. If it means, over, uh, uh, you know, if it means we're not overpaying for him, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, the yeah. other guy I thought was pretty interesting, Will Brody, um, is on his way out of the Gold Coast. Mm. And we've expressed interest in him, but only to sign him as a free agent where Gold Coast want a late pick swap for him. So, if oh, the late okay. pick is going to be like in the 40s or 50s, I'll probably do it. I reckon he's worth a bit of a punt, Will Brody. He's got upside, that guy. And the other thing, he dominates the twos. He, you know, I always, you look through the, uh, and I know it's only the Neeful and, you know, yeah. it's not it's not the VFL, the Waffle or the Sandville, but this guy racks him up. He had games, you know, in the Neeful this year with 40s and goals. Like, he was doing everything. He just couldn't break into that team somehow. No, hang on. Isn't it the VFL now? Oh, is that where they play? I thought Don't they was- play in the VFL now? Oh, whatever. It's not a strong competition. No, no, yeah, they don't play VFL. I thought they all linked up. Uh, anyway, but if you yeah, if you're dominant, yeah, and he was a high draft pick, wasn't he? Yeah, do it. So I just don't think he, that for what it would cost us. I don't think he was pick number nine in the 2016 draft. Um, for what he would cost us, I don't. I don't think we're losing too much. Another inside mid, yeah, sure, but yeah. you know, it's a guy that. Does have that potential upside and can fit in with the demographic of players that we've got. So got, yeah. I think it, if it's a cheap little throw at the dartboard, I reckon we take it. As you yeah. mentioned before, Darcy Tucker, uh, rumored to be re signing within the next couple of days for Freo, so that's good news. Um, and Rory Lobb, that noise has gone definitely quiet. It seems like he's going to be with us next year, I reckon. It, uh, it does, doesn't it? There's, um, there's not even a mention of him today, was there? Not, no, not well, I think he's come out and said that he's happy to stay. Maybe that's because of the lack of interest of someone taking on his seven hundred thousand yeah. dollars contract. I think that might <laughs> but, be uh, that might be more. So what, what is, when's he contracted to the end of what? Oh, question without notice. I don't know. I don't have my contract sheet here. I think it's, he's got another. He's got another two, doesn't he? Oh god, another two years at seven hundred large a year. I think I think he's got another two. Wow. Okay. Um, so obviously the big trade, haven't sort of spoken about that yet, the Adam Chera trade. Yeah. That seems like it's well on its way to getting done, doesn't it? I mean, pick six is there and we yeah. seem to be happy enough with that. It's just the bits and pieces around it now that they're, they're kind of talking it through. Yeah, just tying um, up some, uh, just uh, some, what do you call them, some steak knives or something. Yeah, but it seems like we want more than steak knives. I mean, I heard um, on the telly before Dockers are asking for a future second from Carlton. So, I mean, when you look at where Carlton finish on the table, if you even if you're super high on their ability to finish up the table, it's still going to be picked in the thirties, which is still still reasonable. But it could very well be in the twenties. Yeah, yeah. Like they're only adding Adam Chera and you know a couple of other guys that you know aren't really moving the needle too much. No. And look no. where they finish this year. So. Yeah, yeah, but a full year with Char- Charlie Kerno. There's a few there, Cribs. Just, you know. just on Charlie Kerno. Yeah. There's a guy on, um, I listened to the AFL trade radio this morning on, yeah. as I was driving around, that Matt Ren- Matt Rendell. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he had the bright idea of moving Charlie Kerno to the back line. What? It just sound like, you listen to these guys, they, they need so much content to fill in the time. <laughs> How do you get, how do you come up with someone who's got that idea? That just sounds like the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. Let's move I, one of the better mobile key forwards um, going around and, yeah, and just plonk him down back. Down thinking. back. Um, I bet he, he advised Geelong to, to throw pick eight for Jordan Clark. 
That's ridiculous. Well, I think his other one earlier in the week, what did he say earlier in the week? I read this one. That was um, if Darcy Moore played in the ruck, he'd be one of the top couple of ruckmen in the league. He didn't say that. Did he say that? Something like that. I mean, that's something anyway. Something dumb I would say when we're joking around. <laughs> Jeez. That's unbelievable. Um, so pick six for Chera, though. We're kind of happy with that being 70 to 75% of what we get out of it. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's how div- like how difficult it is, these, these ones, when, they, you know, when they're out of contract. You know? I know Chera does want to go to Carlton, but you still, you still don't have all the leverage, do you? you know? Well, it's funny. It depends who you listen to. I mean, if you listen to East Coast media, Carlton have got the whip hand in the trade negotiations because no one else has put their hat in the ring. But I tend to think no one else has put their hat in the ring because they know they can't match the pick six plus whatever Carlton are going to have to give. But if it's just yeah. pick six you're going to have to give, there's probably a couple that would throw their hat in the ring because they'd have a, yeah. have a crack at it, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, um, yeah, so what? Pick six in a second round of next year, you'd say sign it. Well, I think they were talking about that or talking about somehow moving our 27 forward a bit um, right, okay. this year. Yep. So, who knows? It seems yeah. like they've got a bit of negotiation, but it seems like it's in good faith. Kind of, I like the way the Dockers carry themselves at Trade Week now. Peter Bell just seems so unflustered when he yep. um, when he talks about it. They've got a very clear view and a you know a definite um, kind of strategy going in of what they want to get out of it and how they want to do it. Yep. And I think for the most part in the last couple of years, we've really been able to do it well. Like whether mm. the decisions have been correct or not, I think that's kind of a point you can you can discuss all you like, whether the yeah. guys have traded in and been good or not. But I think. The idea of us going there well organized and yep. sticking to our guns and, you know, not panicking like we used to, you know, just to get a name player in or to get someone who said they might want to come to Frio in. Yes. If the price yep. isn't right, if the situation isn't right, they just don't do it. Don't do it. He's super intelligent, Peter Bell. And but and you're right, he just does not get flustered. He's, you'd hate to play him in poker, wouldn't you? You'd never he'd, he'd kill you, I reckon. <laughs> um so that's all about we've got all we got, I think. If we if we get a trade done, should we do a uh, a short little pod on the day the trade's done? Yeah, we should uh, wind out a couple of those if, if um, anything unfolds for sure. Uh, oh, just quickly, did you see the um the waffle finals? No, I didn't. Uh, watch the Colts. I can't believe my little mate uh, Angus Sheldrick. Yeah, he just keeps on putting up one. Awesome performance after the next. I think he had 27 and a goal on the weekend in the grand yeah. final in a, losing, in a losing team. And from all reports, West Coast or Frio haven't spoken to him. It's just Eastern Staters. He's leading the line at the moment in the West Australian 19s midfield. I can't believe, you know, he's projected to go somewhere, what, 30, 40, 50 in the draft. Are Get down there, Frio. Have a word to him. He's, he, he'll be a damn good player and a really good value pickup at that point in the draft. So you're, you're, say, you're saying... Either the WA clubs haven't spoken to him. Well, from what yeah, from what I've heard, there's been no conversation from Frio or West Coast to um to his wow. camp. So why would that yeah. be? And he's I don't he, know. doesn't he fit into our ultra good character policy? You'd never find you would never find a better character. Never find a better character. He remember last year he um last year before he hurt his shoulder, collarbone. Yeah. He's back at training the next day. He's bought a bike down to ride the bike on the on the sidelines to get down to training. He's in the gym the next day. He's, I think Are he's, you serious? 
hired a nutritionist to get, get his diet right. Mate, this kid is the is the business. I, wow. We're making a big mistake if they don't take a look at him in the 30s or 40s. He, he'd be a perfect little little player for us. Anyway, I just thought I'd drop that in there because I just couldn't believe it when I heard it that no one had spoken to him. Wow. He's right under our nose. He's he done well every single level of footy he's played where people have thought maybe he's not up to it. Yeah. Um, he's excelled. So. Is that right? And, anyway, that's, that's my bit. What is going on? Jeez. Well, I suppose the other thing is, like, he plays in a team, you know, Van Ruin kicked four on the weekend in the grand final. He takes all the headlines. Uh, yep. Erasmus, who's from Hale, who's you know, had, had a really good year. Unfortunately, he's got that leg injury. But yep. um, then you've got the key, other key forward, Amiss, who's, um, you know, again, so like capturing all the had- headlines of Matty Johnson. There's plenty of guys in that WA team that are stealing headlines. But yeah, I think you've you got to look for a bit of value like late yeah. in the draft, and I think that we've, that's where we've done really well at Frio over the years. You think of guys like Lockie Neal and Luke Ryan, where we've picked them up maybe a little bit later than what they should have gone. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, but if, if the Eastern States clubs have spoken to him, I mean, they're onto it. Okay, yeah. So he's not going to go too late in the draft. Well, in, in any, any mock draft I've seen, I've never seen him listed. So, okay. um, and most of them go most of them go to thirty. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you the, the other kid that um, looks good is um, that wanger named Malera from South Australia, the winger. Right. He looks like exactly the kind of player we need, and he should be available in the teens, I would have thought. So in the teens? There's some good play. Sorry? Did you say the teens? Yeah. Okay. Um, plenty of players out there. We'll have a close look at the draft as yeah. it gets a bit closer, but um, yeah, it's quite exciting. If we take a take six and eight to the draft and can add something else to it, um, oh, for the sure. kids that we can pick up could be um, really good and really fit what we need. Yeah, it is a bit exciting, isn't it? That um, yeah, I love this time of year. I reckon it's good. Good, isn't it? It is. But, well, it's um, a bit of a dog and pony show. The whole negotiation and um, everything that goes along with it. But it's it's a bit of fun. You wouldn't yeah, enjoy it right. as a player, but it's a bit of fun. Keeps you interested when there's nothing else on. So um, yeah. Um, just going back to uh, just before we switch off, Jojo. Going back to the um, the Doig, um, Kath Lachlan did a, what a legend. A, didn't she do a wonderful job? Um, a very tra- very attractive lady as well, Jojo. But I'm hoping, I'm absolutely hoping that when she was uh, interviewing Caleb Sarong, I'm desperately hoping she did the the so wrong, so right, sarcastically. <laughs> She went the so wrong, so right, Jojo. We we put yeah, it to bed. I, no one was to yeah, do it ever. Get rid of it. It's done. She, I'm praying she was being sarcastic. So <laughs> um, yeah, but no, what a good, outstanding job she did. Uh, great Fremantle lady. Yeah, she is. Uh, well, until we've got, got a trade to talk about, I'll wait to talk to you till then because I'm um, talking to you once a week for about forty minutes or two hours last week. That was incredible. How did we what? do that? Um, I can't. Do that, until yeah. then. Are you still down with the restomp? Oh, look, awards are momentary bursts of acknowledgement. But in the context of life, they're often attachments collecting more dust than meaningfulness. Start wearing purple, wearing purple. Start wearing purple for me now. All your sanity and wits, they will all vanish. I promise. It's just a matter of time. So yeah, I'm